0: Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code WELCOME to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code WELCOME at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code WELCOME. That
0: means that the number one pick in the 2021 NBA draft goes to the Detroit Pistons. Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Who's got the number one pick in this year's draft? Basketball. Select Isaiah Stewart. The Detroit Pistons select Killian Hayes. Sadiq, that was absolutely sensational. I don't know what went into that process. I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't.
1: From long range.
0: Hello, Pistons fans, and welcome back to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Aaron Johnson with you here today, stepping in as the host for Mike Anguilano, who will not be joining us this week, but who is joining us this week is Jasper Apolonia. Jasper, good to have you with me here today. Ready to talk about the Pistons preseason finally getting underway and Unfortunately, maybe some early season injury concern with some key Detroit Pistons players.
1: Uh, well, you know, we've been talking about getting back into the season, getting games going. We've been complaining, whining, crying on this podcast for weeks now about the lack of actual basketball to be played. And guess what? We had some actual basketball played this week and it was pretty good. I have to say uh, Pistons started off their preseason and I think at this point we're just ready to to get everybody on the roster healthy and uh, get into the regular season as soon as we can because Aaron it is coming up fast on us we have what two weeks
0: until until the Pistons first game yeah we are darn near single digits until opening night for the Detroit Pistons they'll play the Chicago Bulls in their first game of the year. Let's get into some Pistons news of the week before we really get into the nitty gritty stuff. First off, Killian Hayes, a part of the large group that missed the Pistons first preseason game of the year against the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, K- Killian Hayes dealing with an ankle issue. I believe it was technically labeled as an ankle sprain. Cade Cunningham was also out. We're going to get into his status a little bit more specifically later. And then our other big Pistons news topic this week, not a whole bunch of big news right now with the Pistons uh, as they get set to really get into the preseason. They've only played one game, but Ben Wallace is joining the Pistons. This was announced just this Friday afternoon that Ben Wallace was joining the is joining the Pistons as a basketball operations and team engagement advisor. Anything out of there that, really catches your eyes. I mean, probably pretty good to have Ben Wallace joining the the Pistons in a more of a solidified role. I know a lot of people like the idea of him being uh, with the team as somewhat of a mentor to Isaiah Stewart.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's a great... Uh, there's nothing that can't be gained by having team legends, people who have played the game at such a high level around your basketball team, around any sports team, in my opinion. Uh, as long as what they're there to do is provide leadership and and provide um, real genuine insight. And from what I know of Ben Wallace, uh, having watched him with the Pistons for years uh, and also having him eat at my dad's restaurant regularly, Bella Piatti in Birmingham, check it out, folks.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, okay. A little (laughs) drop right there. That's right. I have to, I have to, to put on for the family. Um, You know, the guy is, is obviously like a really thoughtful uh, player person, He's been around this organization since he left. He obviously loves the city, and you know that if there's anything he's going to do, it's going to come in there and provide that kind of leadership. Uh, he did it in his last stint with the Pistons. You know, it, it's easy to forget, but he did come back to Detroit and played the last, what, two years of his career here with the Pistons and, and did that here already. So, yeah, people love Ben Wallace. Players love Ben Wallace, and I think especially when you have a young player like Isaiah Stewart in the fold, can only help to have Ben there. Um, I also, I have to say, I noticed Cade Cunningham, I believe, had a right ankle injury. Killian Hayes had a left ankle injury. I don't know. I You know, I'm not a doctor or anything, disclaimer. But I wonder if maybe they could have had them tie their, you know, legs together and done like a foot race thing we could have gotten them out on the court in some you know way shape or form I I think I would have liked that better than you know we can take away the Trey Lyles minutes let's let's put out the three-legged killer Cade out there
0: Jesus Jasper in mid-season form (laughs) it it doesn't matter that was one game of the preseason Jasper in mid-season form already well we're going to get into the Cade Cunningham injury status but before that let's First, take a minute to thank our sponsor, Bet Online, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Bet Online is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the Gridiron and playoff MLB baseball as teams are back out there for another week of sports action. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with newly updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source everything in sports betting head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit don't forget to use the promo code believe to receive that bonus from football basketball baseball and boxing right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts, and since we're talking betting, mm-hmm. I thought it be fair to give. Well, I'll give my lock of the day. Hopefully, you're listening on the day that this drops. But White Sox drop a tough first game to Houston. I'm taking them tonight. Money line. Lucas Giolito on the mound. Oh, but that game's gonna be going on by the time that this is dro- this is dropping. I, I hope I'm right. You know what? If you're watch, if you're listening to this as soon as it comes out, go throw some money. On the game, I'm telling you, it Lucas Giolito and the Sox getting a win today. Hopefully, you're you listen to this right away so you can win some money thanks to me. Perfect. And you know what?
1: If they're losing by the time this podcast is about to come out, just edit yourself out of there. Or sorry, have the editor edit you yeah, out. Yeah, have of the there.
0: editor. Yeah, the editor, whoever
1: that may be, <laughs> our our producer slash editor slash sound guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know it's a bet. I bet I I would personally think a lot of people are going to be uh, enticed by even more so than they were before is that Pistons season win total taking the over the Pistons looked really good the other night didn't they Aaron
0: yeah they Uh did let's uh let's talk about that right so 115 105 win over the San Antonio Spurs Jeremy Grant the leading scorer for Detroit with 19 points but I think we should first talk about the bench group that played for Mm -hmm. Detroit Josh Jackson, Corey Joseph, Kelly Olynyk, Hamadou Diallo as well. All those guys with some really nice games off the bench. And we heard Dwayne Casey talk about in training camp, how the starting group is probably going to look a bit younger. That second group for us is going to be the more experienced, the veterans of this team. And those guys all played very, very well and showcased the value that they're going to bring to the Pistons this upcoming season.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Aaron, this is a good time to, to plug Palace of Pistons. Uh, I just finished writing up my guard preview for the season a couple days ago. Uh, it You can find it on palaceofpistons.com. And one of the things I outlined in there was, what's this guard rotation going to look like? Uh, so what I thought was interesting was that you had Sabin Lee and Rodney, Rodney Magruder, excuse me, uh, with the starters. Uh, meanwhile, you had Corey Joseph, Hamadou Diallo coming off the bench but after seeing that game I'm not so sure that the first two guards in line here are going to be Saban Lee and Rodney Magruder because I have to say Corey Joseph looked excellent in that game the other night um 14 points off the bench six assists seven of ten shooting Pistons were plus 27 with him on the floor Aaron that's that's pretty dang good. I, I know you don't want to read too much into, you know, single game plus minuses, uh, but Saban Lee minus 17, Corey Joseph plus 27. I would not be surprised whatsoever if Dwayne Casey is keeping his word and is actually saying, Hey, look, the starting lineup's going to look different, but this is our bench unit. Corey Joseph, Frank Jack, uh, uh, excuse me, Corey Joseph, Josh Jackson, Hamadou Diallo, Kelly Olenek, these are the guys that are going to be coming off our bench this season. And seeing how they all played together, I can't blame him. Uh, They looked really, really good.
0: Yeah, I I think, and this was something that was kind of talked about on Pistons Twitter leading up to the game once we got the official inactives and Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham were listed out, but it was talked about how, Dwayne Casey was going to keep the bench unit together and just pull up Saban Lee and Rodney Magruder so it kind of looks like those are the two guards right now on the outside looking in of the rotation I think Dwayne Casey talked about the rotation being at 10 guys if it did get to 11 guys I think Saban Lee's probably the the 11th guy in that scenario but I think him and Magruder right now are still on the outside looking in and I think it's for the right reasons as much as you want to see a guy like Saban Lee get in the mix and and contribute. You just look at what Corey Joseph's providing and he just looks so comfortable out there. And I I talked about, I think I tweeted it. Maybe I texted it to someone, but Corey Joseph is the most boring good player in the NBA. The guy (laughs) is like, it's, he's very monotone. Like he never does not do anything that's like ever really exciting, but he just produces and that's valuable for, a second unit that's going to need to be good when the first unit is young, the first unit is going to make mistakes. That second unit's going to have to be very strong, very experienced for Detroit. And I just think he fits that role so perfectly. I mean, 14 and six off the bench in 25 minutes, seven of 10 from the field. He's a guy that is just going to find ways to get into the box score. He's a leader. He communicates, he tries defensively and, not that Saban Lee doesn't provide good things. I just don't know if he's going to be able to do it at the level that Corey Joseph currently can do it right now. And with the Pistons already having a couple of development guards in Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham, you can't give all of your minutes to guys that are developing and, and you know need that kind of work. You do need to have some solidified performers out there as well. And Corey Joseph definitely fits that bill. Another guy that there's a couple other guys that I want to talk about on the bench that drew a lot of praise. Kelly Olenek and Josh Jackson. Olinick had the same points and assists as Corey Joseph. 14 points, 6 assists. Josh Jackson, 16 points, 4 rebounds. The, those three looked really good out there. And if you are getting a locked-in Josh Jackson, I know the favorite to be in the rotation when healthy are probably Hamadou Diallo and Frank Jackson. But if you're getting a locked-in Josh Jackson, that battle for the backup wing minutes just gets a little bit more complicated because when he's in, when he's on, he's good. Here's the thing with Josh Jackson, and and I want to hit on two points
1: here. First off, we've seen this from him before. This is exactly what happened last year in preseason when Josh Jackson came out and he was doing the exact same things he was doing the other night, getting to the rack, not forcing his shot, going downhill, attacking, but within his own game, staying in control. I worry about Josh Jackson's ability to do this when we're 42 games into the season, because as the season progressed, that's when we saw his discipline breaking down a little bit. Now, of course, some of that had to do with the fact that he had to take on a larger role as injuries mounted, as the offensive talent in Detroit dwindled uh, after Blake Griffin left, after uh, 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 Derek Rose left. So I'm going to be cautiously optimistic about Josh Jackson. I, I think he can do this. I think it is, you know, it, it, he can replicate this performance in the regular season on a consistent basis. He just has to stay locked in mentally. And, and that is the thing that I worry about with him always. On the other hand, yeah, Kelly Olenek, Corey Joseph, both looked awesome. And this is one of those things that the more I've watched the NBA, the, the more I've been a fan of the game and behind the scenes stuff, I've had to come to realize, not just for my teams that that I like, but for any team in the NBA, is that. There are going to be young, flashy, high upside guys, your Saban Lees, who you're going to see them play their rookie year, their second year. And you're going to say, why is this guy not getting more playing time when we have this boring vet that doesn't do anything flashy, that puts up the same kind of consistent performances every night, but doesn't wow you. And and this is why, because... Those guys produce consistently. They give you what you need. They give you the production you need. They give you the solidity that you need in your backcourt, the leadership, all those things. That's part of what goes into making a successful team. That's what provides that depth that can bring your second unit together and help them spell you when your starting unit isn't in there. Saban Lee can't do that right now, and Corey Joseph does. So I think you're 100% right, Aaron. You know, he's not sexy. He's going to be boring, but he's good. And Kelly Olenek was obviously a little bit more flashy. Uh, you know, he provided some big plays, but I think he's another guy that, like, you looked to him, and, and when they did sign Kelly Olenek this offseason, both of us were kind of like, I don't know, but then you look at it and you you see, like, what does he bring to this team? He gives them a real outside presence, but he also can score inside. He does the little things in the lane. He's a little bit quicker than Mason Plumley is. He got a couple steals just by being in the right place. He can read the game. He can provide a little bit of, of that rim protection. Not great rim protection, don't get me wrong, but a little bit of rim protection. So – when you look at that second unit, I think what you're getting here is is what you need from a second unit, which is guys that can play within the role that you need them to play. Maybe they're not going to throw down insane highlight reel dunks like Saban Lee will, but they're going to give you the production you need on a game-in, game-out basis.
0: Yeah, let's talk about Linux for a minute. Look, like you mentioned, we both weren't super like high on the signing. I think we both were aware Kelly Olenek was gonna come in and help this team on the offensive side of the floor. I want to talk about him opening things up on that side as well. Mm. But at first the contract wasn't concerned because I don't think either, either of us were were big fans of the money at three years and twelve million annually. Then it was reported that it was two years fully guaranteed. And then the final season was was, I believe, three million guaranteed. So that makes that third year. You know, the Pistons can move off of Olinic and not be too concerned about the money he's due. But even so, it's just so obvious what Kelly Olenek is going to do for this team on offense, the way that he opens up the floor. I mean, we saw the Pistons in five-out sets when that previously was just not possible for them. And now they can fully get into these five-out sets, a five-out offense, it's going to generate easier looks for all of the players on the perimeter, and it's going to allow these guys that need to be getting towards the rim, Killian Hayes, Kate Cunningham, Jeremy Grant, all of those guys are now going to have the space to operate in order to do so, and they're going to have reliable options on the outside for them to drive and kick too. So I'm very, very excited for what Olenek is going to do for this team offensively. A couple other guys we can hit on in the starting lineup. Jeremy Grant, 19 points. Sadiq Bay was probably the guy in the starting lineup that caught the eyes of most people. Everyone was talking about his shot profile. He took seven more two-pointers than he did three-pointers. Getting into side more, he hit a nice fallaway, fadeaway jump shot. He got to the rim a couple times. even made a couple nice passes as well with a a bit more of playmaking on the showcase for him, another couple bright spots for the Pistons. Those two guys, though, it's expected, and they're going to need to be big-time scorers and just players in general for the Pistons this year.
1: 100%, man. Look, Jeremy Grant's going to lead this team in scoring again. I, I would be surprised if he doesn't. But I really have to say, Sadiq Bey looked awesome, and he did a lot of the things that I think we all agree he needs to do in order to continue elevating his game getting to the rim uh, but not just getting to the rim opening up a little bit of that mid-range game so that he can make teams respect his shot respect his inside game I thought that was so so impressive for him and I'm not really surprised because the fact is he's had great footwork like his ability to get into the lane just in terms of like what he can do in there, how he moves, how he gets open shots when he's in the paint, it's been there. His just his finishing hasn't been there. So seeing him finish last night, seeing him hit some of those tough twos, that was really encouraging to see. Um and you know what? I think a guy who will help him with stuff like that is Kelly Olynyk. You know, the six assists that Kelly had, I think were not a mirage whatsoever and last year we saw he get a lot of assists for this team as well especially like kind of playing as like that that perimeter pivot passer um, you know he'd stand at the top of the key shoot passes in it, it's something we saw Andre Drummond do a lot as well in Detroit I thought the difference between what he did last year and what Kelly Linick did the other night was Olenick was so much quicker with his passing. I don't know if you noticed that Aaron, like his, he would get the ball and he'd immediately shoot it over to the, you know, to the other corner. He'd immediately pass it in. And I think that that kind of quickness to the ball movement, especially for a team like the Pistons, which were one of the slowest teams in the NBA last year, I believe they ranked 21st in pace last season. Um, Seeing Kelly Olenek do that, not just with what he provides in terms of shooting and finishing and the paint, I thought that was really big too. And I I think that's something that can really help those young guys, especially this year.
0: Yeah, Olenek, I mean, we've we've talked a lot about him this offseason just because he was the biggest free agent acquisition by Troy Weaver this offseason, but he really is going to do wonders for this team. I also want to hit on the fact that The Pistons got a win without Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham. They had Ronnie Magruder as a starter, and they got a win. Uh, Let's talk about the one other starter for a second. Isaiah Stewart probably didn't have the most impactful game, uh, but he did hit a three-pointer. It was an ugly one. (laughs) All in all, I thought he just looked fine. I mean, he's just getting back into really that five-on-five basketball activities from the ankle injury that he suffered uh, with Team USA earlier in the off season, but just kind of a, a whatever performance from him, I'm sure it'll get better. And it's, again, it's just a preseason game. The to, first one.
1: To be fair, like Jakob Pertl is a guy he has struggled with in the past. I, I, he did not play well against the Spurs last year. Um, and, and you know what? And like, this is kind of the issue with Isaiah Stewart is as good as he is and as much growth as I think he still has in him, he does struggle with those bigger guys. Sometimes it's his strength is awesome, but at a certain point when you're six foot nine and you're going up against guys that are seven foot one, you're going to have a little bit of difficulty in dealing with that kind of length and size. So I do think that it kind of highlighted some of his weaknesses Um but that's okay. It's preseason and you know, with the way that the NBA is still going, you're not going to face off against guys like Pirtle every night. And frankly, I'd rather have a player that can switch onto the perimeter and, and play in space rather than one that's going to just be able to bang down low with your, you know, your, your seven, one monsters. Um, and, and this team really needs it because for as much as we've been singing Kelly Olenek's praises so far, That's another guy where it's clear, like, and and this is another reason why, Aaron, I think you and I will agree on this, why we did have some doubts about the signing is that when Kelly Olenek is in space one-on-one on on an island in the playoffs or in the regular season, whatever it may be, he's going to get exposed there. For all of his veteran wiles, he's going to struggle in space. And Isaiah Stewart's kind of that guy that that can provide that, different look for you from a defensive perspective so yeah not his best game but I think it's a very encouraging sign that if one of these guys is not going to be super impactful on a given night the other one can
0: yeah no doubt no doubt and again I think it's important to stress that Detroit was playing without their starting backcourt Killian Hayes and Kate Cunningham, probably two guys that would help put Isaiah Stewart in a little bit of a better position, at least offensively, getting Mm -hmm. him some better looks as well. But let's talk about Kate Cunningham because this injury stuff just is not going away. He's dealing with some fluid in his ankle still, according to Dwayne Casey, didn't play on Wednesday. His status for Monday is uncertain. Dwayne Casey also said that he's missed a lot of time and the team has not really been able to implement him yet with their offense, with the team in general. I mean, I don't know if I am super, super concerned. It sounds like he would probably be playing if it was the regular season. But what does concern me is the fact that the, the the quote from Dwayne Casey, where he talked about how they haven't been able to implement him yet into much of this stuff. Like, As much as I would like to watch Kate Cunningham play, I don't really care about him missing the game on Wednesday. I care more about him not being in practice, running the offense, learning the offense, getting the feel for his teammates within the offense. I care more about that stuff. And to hear that he's not getting into that either still is concerning to me.
1: Yeah, man. It's not something you want to hear, right? Like, especially – Yeah, I I think I I couldn't agree more with you, Aaron. Like, if you are dealing with an injury like this, where it's like, yeah, you could be playing, but we're not going to have you play, that's fine. Hearing that they haven't really worked him into their offense yet is definitely a little worrisome. On the other hand, this is the kind of player that you don't need to do too much to implement him into your offense because he can do it all. Like even if they're starting off the season with him, just mostly bringing the ball up the court, running pretty simple sets and, you know, standing off on the side when, you know, other players are, are creating with the ball and having him play a little bit more of that spot up shooter role. That's okay because he can do it at an elite level already. We know that. Um, you know, Aaron, my question for you is on top of the injury, on top of them saying that they haven't implemented him into the offense quite yet, they're also having John Beeline work with him on his shot a little bit. Does that worry you at all? I mean, of those three things, which which of those three is the most worrisome to you?
0: No, I mean, there was a great video by uh, Ant Wright on twitter that if you go to his page you can watch just kind of breaking down what the pistons might be working on with his shot and i mean yeah Cade was a good three-point shooter in his one season at college but remember that that was a concern for him before when he was just getting into college like the question one of his question marks was how consistent how reliable of a shooter can he be and granted the numbers proved he can be one but i don't think there's anything wrong with having his shot looked at a little bit it's not like it's not like he's going to a bad coach to get it done with it John beeline consistently <laughs> no. produces good shooting teams good shooting players like shooting is his one of the things that John beeline can tip his cap on as a coach and especially since it's not like it doesn't sound like Kate is doing a whole lot of other stuff right now. I think it's probably the best time to be doing it since it's something that he can just focus on that and really make sure he's comfortable with any of the tweaks they're making to the shot because let I mean, I, there's, this is just the, the right time to do it if you're going to do it. So it's better that they're doing this now when it probably could use a little bit of tweaking, like is the, 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 the release point. Is that too low? Like that might be something that they're looking at trying to get their shot higher. Can he get it off quicker? Things like that are, you know, does he, does he line his feet up the right way? Whatever it is that they're looking at, they should be doing it sooner rather than later. And with the injury that he's dealing with right now, I think this is the best time to be doing it.
1: Yeah. I agree with you hundred percent. I, I think we actually touched on it when he was playing in summer league a little bit. He does have a tendency And I agree with you also, ant had a great breakdown on it. He does have a tendency to uh, release the ball a little low. He does have a tendency to not really get enough power in his legs because of the way that he lines upright. And you can see it sometimes. If he doesn't have quite enough time to get a shot off, it can come out a little flat. And John Beeline working on it with him is like, that's who you want to have working on your shot with you either him or like Ray Allen, man. Cause it's, he's about as good as it gets. He has the track record and I definitely think that I'm with you on this. Having him work with Cade on his shot, it's only going to help him in the long run. This is not like a Markel Fultz situation where you have some guy coming in and being like, Oh, well do this and that, and this differently. And you're coming out with a completely different looking stroke, a completely different looking rhythm. Like, all that needs to change is some little tweaks here or there. And Cade has literally said the same himself. He said in pre-draft interviews with Mike Schmitz that he's working on getting that release point up a little bit higher. And really, if you think about it, this is part of why you drafted Cade Cunningham because he's the type of player that is always trying to get better. And not only is he always trying to get better, he knows what his weaknesses are. So what he's working on is going to be the thing he should be working on. And yeah, for me, I think it's the same thing. This is only a good thing for him in the long run.
0: Yeah, I think we're we're on the same page in that regard. I, I, I guess I'm more concerned even though I'm not super concerned with the injury, I guess I'd be more concerned with the injury than I would be with him. Uh, Maybe tweaking his jump shot a little bit with one of the best, uh, most proven shooting coaches in probably the game right now. Uh, Let's hit on one final topic. We'll do this one quickly because I don't think we have to go into it too much in depth. And we also said we'd probably do a little bit of a a shorter show this week to uh, save the people from having to hear me host instead of Mike who is so (laughs) much better at this than I am. But it's hard. It is very hard trying to steer the ship. I give Mike all the credit in the world for for doing it as professionally as he does on a weekly basis. especially when he's dealing with the both of us. So, right. The (laughs) banter is one thing having to try to sound professional while leading into and out of topics and asking questions. That's just not my forte, at least in regards to this. This is why they need to pay uh,
1: teachers more. Can you imagine having to deal with 20 of us? My God, (laughs) Mike, we don't pay you enough. Actually, we don't pay you anything, but.
0: (laughs) Well, let's let's talk about one other thing. Let's talk about Killian Hayes and what he's done in preseason and training camp. He hasn't played yet this year in, in preseason, but he has drawn a lot of praise in training camp from Dwayne Casey and Troy Weaver on down to some of his teammates. I mean, just. It's exciting to hear how excited others are about Killian Hayes, because at least for me, I was always the one hyping up Killian Hayes, and obviously his rookie season didn't do me any favors, but to now hear others be the one hyping him up, I like that.
1: Yeah, 100%. Look, I think the question here is, is this legitimate praise because he's taken so many steps, or is this the um, kind of like the – the Pistons version of the center that came in 15 pounds lighter or uh, with 15 pounds more muscle on his frame than he did last season. You know what I mean? I I remember Sagana Jopp. Now that's a throwback name. Uh, Every year he was in the NBA, he either came in 15 pounds lighter or 15 pounds heavier. And when he was lighter, he always lost a lot of fat. When he came in heavier, he gained a lot of muscle. Um, It didn't change his game whatsoever, though. He was still dissing a job for his entire career. And my point here is, I wonder, is this the coaching staff, the players trying to hype Killian Hayes up a little bit because this is a really big season for him? Or do you think that this is legitimate and that Killian's taken strides in his shooting, that he's taken strides in his ability to lead the team and and control the game from the point guard position because look if if what they're saying is true and Cade Cunningham is maybe not going to be a hundred percent ready to take the reins my assumption is that Killian Hayes is going to be the player that they look to to start this season to lead their offense from the starting uh from the starting guard position
0: yeah I think I think it's almost look I'm expecting him to whether Cade Cunningham is 100% or not, I, I think the ball is going to be in Killian, Killian Hayes' hands at the beginning of the season. And, I mean, you and I have talked about this before with Mike. There's a lot of pressure on Killian Hayes. The Pistons aren't just going to sit around and wait for him to get better. They know when, when you draft a top prospect, the, the timeline is already already running down. It, it's And it's at a quicker rate than it has ever been before. I mean, look at the stuff you hear about Zion Williamson in New Orleans and he's been in the, the league for two years and he missed a good chunk of his first season. And they're already talking about him being unhappy and potentially wanting out. Like you have to do a lot to keep your top player or your top prospect very early on in the career now, more than ever. And they can't wait around and spend too much time trying to get Killian Hayes to where he needs to be to fit alongside Kate Cunningham. And if he doesn't do that, they're going to have to move on from him right? It's just the unfortunate reality of the situation. So hearing that he's making these reads, he's understanding the game, he's playing way more confident than he was last season. Those are all important steps that are going to make the the transition into those two players being able to play together, work a little bit more seamlessly. So uh, it's it's good to hear uh, hopefully it continues. I'm imagining that Killian Hayes is going to end up playing on Monday against, uh, I don't even know who they're playing on Monday. Is it Chicago or Brooklyn? Um,
1: they are playing against, uh, bu- 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 oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. These Sorry. this is. Neither I'm killing them. myself here. They're playing
1: against Memphis. They're playing <laughs> Memphis. against Memphis. Okay.
0: That's so on that that would be a great game for Killian to be back for too against John Moran. But I'm expecting him to be back. He was questionable to play the other day. Uh, He should be good to go on, on, on Monday. And I'm excited to see what he can do. So Aaron,
1: my question to you is from what we're hearing, uh, and this has been kind of a point of contention on Pistons Twitter. I I assume it will be a bigger point of contention as the season actually begins. What for you is the right split of lead guard duties between Killian Hayes and Cade Cunningham right now? Because I, for me, I'll just say, I think that Killian Hayes should be bringing the ball to the floor like 60% of the time. Um, and that doesn't mean that he is the focal point of the offense necessarily. I just mean, I think he should be the guy that initiates the offense. I think 60% of the time, I think Cage should probably be doing it 30% of the time. And then the other 10% of the time, Jeremy Grant maybe brings the ball up the floor.
0: Yeah, I would say I'm probably around 60-40, maybe maybe a little bit closer to like 65-35 with Killian Mm -hmm. handling the ball more, initiating the offense more, just because I trust that maybe Cade Cunningham will be a little bit more comfortable, at least at the beginning of the season, making plays off the ball more so than Killian Hayes is going to be, just because he is more of a true point guard, whereas Cade Cunningham has – done both he's handled the ball and he's played off the ball uh so that's probably where i'd be most comfortable that's probably what i'm anticipating as well but there's no reason that both those guys shouldn't shouldn't have plenty of opportunity to handle the basketball run the offense and and lead the team in that regard
1: yeah i'm with you uh, also, do we have any uh, idea whether these are actual sprained ankles that these players are suffering, or are they just trying to defraud the NBA healthcare system?
0: Like wow, former Pistons
1: legend Will Bynum.
0: Oh, that hurt! I mean, there <laughs> Will Bynum, MSU guy, Shannon Brown. There was CDR, Chris, Chris Douglas-Roberts. Douglas yeah, that one hurt. That one hurt. It, uh, it not- Glenn Davis. I mean, these guys were. I was talking to this with my buddies that I I, I play 2K with to this day still, but these were the guys that when you like created a team and you drafted, like you just did like a draft, so you drafted out of like the free agency class, so you could have like a (laughs) rebuild of a franchise. These were the guys, like every single year on my team, was Tony Roten, Chris Douglas Roberts, Glenn Davis when he was a free agent. Like these guys were like consistently part of the free agent class that I started a franchise with like a new team, new city. Like I think I was always like in like Seattle or something and Chris Douglas Roberts, T- Tony wrote was always like my best player for the first year unless I traded him. But man, what a story. And also these are probably not sprained ankles. These are probably, that's probably just uh they're probably closer to like ankle contusions, just mm-hmm. some pain or whatever, but I don't know. Wow about getting uh, root canals on the same day on the same tube. So. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. Will Bynum. Ugh. CDR. They
1: used to light it up for your NBA free agency. Uh, now they're going to be lighting it up in federal prison. Folks, <laughs> you heard it here first. Allegedly. <laughs> oh, allegedly. Allegedly.
0: Right. Right. So don't get sued. Okay.
1: <laughs> yep. Don't get sued on the podcast you don't make money on. That's a little bit of broadcasting advice for any aspiring podcasters out there. um
0: all right yeah i I think i should wrap this up because i don't know if i can get into any more topics i i I need mike back yesterday uh mike we miss you we're gonna end it here we'll be back next week with at least one other preseason game in the books to to have that to talk about so yeah jasper thanks uh for joining me today good job as always we want to thank our sponsors Uh, bet online and our host believe for this week's edition of the palace of pistons podcast. And we will see you next time. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So no, that's a good thing. Uh,